Hey friends, it's me, Megan. It's me, Dana. And this is Scary Stories to Tell Your Sister. Today we're back sharing spine-tingling stories in hopes of achieving that state of fear we love and hate with equal measure. So sit back, relax, take a few deep breaths, and let's begin the show. Megan, how's it going in sunny Florida? It's good. It's not so sunny right now. It's actually rainy and it was gloomy all day, but like it's a little cool. So it's really cozy. I'm currently just cuddled up in a blanket next to Story. Wait, um, so is it, if it wasn't rainy, would it, would it be light outside where you are right now or no? No, it's dark. Okay. I was like, okay, pitch black here. I was like, we can't be that far off. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's pitch black, but it's dark. Okay. But it is gloomy out, so that's why it's yeah. a lot darker. We had we had rain, but our rain was it was cold enough that it was like a little bit of snow. So like so that was nice. And well, it was nice until it wasn't nice because I I like the snow. I don't love the snow. I'm very Oh, uh, now why don't you love it because you don't even have to clean it up or anything. Well, the thing is, I have to drive in it, and that makes me more nervous. Oh, uh, yeah, that does. That that yeah. would make me really nervous, too. And I did clean it up when I have to, like, when I'm at work, I have to clean off my car to get back if it happens. But I just get nervous. I think it's, like, residual fear because I did have to clean it up before and stuff like that. And I was terrified. Oh. But this is mainly, I like it. I am never fully equipped to be in it, like, with the proper shoes and clothing. Which I think I think is one reason why I feel that. Yeah. But before, when I was living, I didn't have that. So I think the stress of being stuck and I was the one that had to clean out my car, and we get buried in snow. So it's a lot, and I think it's like residual stress with that. And not to mention driving in it is stressful because you think you know how it is, and then it's different, yeah, that's scary, time. and. So today, after Abby and I ran a bunch of errands, we decided to take Ferris to the field near our house. What's nice? Field covered in snow, about an inch or two of snow, so just enough to make it nice and let him run around in it. And it was magical. It was memorable. It was getting a little chilly because he has a 30-foot lead, so he can go and, like, run. And we still have control if anyone comes by or he just, like, practices recall. We love it. And so we're getting cold and we're like, let's go back to the house. It's been a great day. He's tired. I'll finish my research for today's episode. Abby will do schoolwork. We're going back to the, the car where it's parked near the trees. And what does my sweet angel of a dog do? He rolled in poop. Ew. <laughs> Gross. Which he's never done before, Megan. Never. Oh, my and God. And so I'd see him, like, stop to smell something and then flip over to roll. And it's near a base of a tree. And the, the area there isn't snowy. It's more, like, muddy. And I'm like, oh, no, you're going to get dirty. We give him a bath, like, once a month with his short hair. I'm like, no, 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 we just give you a bath last weekend. Please don't do this. And I go over. 
I'm like, what did you roll in? Please don't be a dead animal. Because the only time he's rolled in something disgusting before has been a dead animal one time. He found like a dead squirrel. I was like, no. Ew. That was, you know. Ew. You know, you wonder, like, is it like, does it still good to them? Is it like cologne? Like what? Megan, I'm going to, I'm going to, Megan and dear listeners, I'm going to be real gross for you for a second. Because he's rolling in poop. And it was bad. And there was, and I mean, there still could be a moment where I felt that poop may not have been animal in origin. Shut the front door. I kid you not. Dana, no. I kid you not. <laughs> so. Did it have like a different scent? It did. It did. You it might did. be right. You might be right. And so we, he has a harness on. And so we took that off of him and put it in the trunk of the car in a paper bag. And we, sh- and even his collar had it on. I was, I was like, I'm dying. So we stripped everything off of him, put it in the bag. And thankfully, once again, like the snow, our parking garage at our apartments comes in clutch because it also has a dog washing room in the parking garage. No. Yeah. So you, there's a little, like, it's a stand-up, like, dog shower thing. And some people leave, like, dog shampoo and brushes in there, too. Aww. We keep, we keep, uh, we keep a shampoo in our car for that very reason. But so we took him right there and we scrubbed him. Dana, that is horrifying. So needless to say, that was a smelly little wrench in my plans. But honestly, this weekend, we can have been really productive. And it's been a nice week. That's good. <laughs> that is good. Everything's clean now. We threw it in the sanitizing wash. We're all good. But that's awesome. Well, I'm glad the smell has been cleared from your sinuses. Yeah. Murray. That is disgusting. We had a pretty, well, I had a pretty relaxed morning. I just was finishing up some research. Ray went to play soccer and then I cleaned the house. And now I know you know about Todd, the cat. Yes. You haven't heard this before. There's this stray cat that's been coming around and he is now officially like trying to adopt us anytime we open the door he's right there he comes in he comes goes straight to the food and then plops on the couch to like cuddle and he's like a slinky like you can literally pick him up if he's stretched out and he'll stay stretched out he doesn't like try to wriggle out of your arms or anything like that and he's a what is it called Blue, what is it called? Something blue. Oh, yeah. He's like a blue. What is it called? Uh, Russian blue. Russian blue. Yeah, he is beautiful. He's a Russian blue. Yeah, and I can tell that he's not like an adult yet. You know, he's he's a small body. Right. But the other day, it was late at night. And did I already tell you this? About you opening the door and him being there? No, I guess I'll tell you then. So the other day, it's late at night. Ray is like, I want to get the cats in. So he opens the door. And let me preface this by saying, I put a box outside because it's been so cold. And he he comes when he wants to. So I don't always know if he's going to be around. And if I'm not around, I want him to have a warm place. So I put a box outside with like, towels and a blanket inside and some food 
and covered it up so like he could crawl in and crawl out and stay warm if he came. So Ray opens the door and he's like, Story, Wendy. Story comes running in. And then in true Ray fashion, Ray does not get like very excited or yeah, he doesn't get loud. So he's like, oh. And so, <laughs> of course, I'm like, oh, no, what is going on? And he's like, I'm like, what is it? What is it? Is it a raccoon? Is it a bear? What's going on? And he's like, no, but you have to come here to see it. So I came and I, as soon as I peeked out the door, right next to the box, I saw Wenny. And she's standing there looking kind of confused and kind of like, what's going on? And yeah. I look in the box and what's peeking out at us? A possum. Oh, sweet baby. You and oh yes, you did tell me this. And I said, you cannot keep it. <laughs> no, I know. Ray said if it was a baby, we could have welcomed him inside, but it wasn't a baby. Oh, thank you, Ray, for being a some somewhat voice of reason. Yeah, guys, if you don't know, I am one of those see, I'm not completely crazy though, because I know that possums are wild creatures well no but they're also less likely to carry rabies because of their body temperature and stuff so i'm not as scared about that like i wouldn't just be like oh there's a raccoon let's call him in i feel like the possum would be a little safer but anywho so but besides that my week was great it went by i feel like it went by really fast on friday though i'm driving dana I am like as peaceful as can be. I feel super zen. I'm listening to, I think it's like East Forest. I think that's the name of the the group, the Ram Das songs. And listening to this great music, driving a little bit of traffic because there's always traffic on the way home from where yeah. I leave. And in this one particular area, you cannot cross over you cannot cross lanes because they're solid lines yeah three lanes three lanes solid lines i'm driving in the center lane and this car in the left lane cuts me off cuts me off solid line like i said so he's not supposed to do that then i'm just chill i'm just like okay whatever then he sticks his hand out the window and flicks me off. What? Multiple times. Like, doing all these swirly motions. I don't even know what he was doing. But I'm just like, what? So naturally, my knee-jerk reaction was to flick him off. Oh, right not to shake your fist at him? I flicked <laughs> him off. And then I felt bad because I'm, like, here trying to be a better person. Listening to Ram Das, who was, like... <laughs> This spiritual teacher, psychologist, guru, you know. So I'm like, oh, you have to change your ways, Megan. So I picked up my hand again and I threw him a piece of And uh, blew him again. Yes. I was like, I did. You did not. I did. Are you ashamed? That is hysterical. Are you ashamed of me? No. Yeah, that's what I did whatever because i was thinking you know what he might have had a really bad day who knows yeah and maybe he thought i wasn't like going to let him in or i, I was trying to not let him in and that was not the case at all 
Yeah. I wasn't expecting him to get over. Yeah, it's it's a, it's, it's a it's a solid line. Yeah, but well, that's fun. Yeah, but besides that, you did you did you, you go out with mommy this weekend this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. My um, my boss actually, my boss and her husband, they were going to be going to a concert, and last minute they were unable to go. So they asked if Ray and I would like to take the tickets and and go. So I, of course, you know, I'm like really excited. And I'm like, hey, Ray, do you want to go? But he wasn't feeling well. So the concert was Sticks. So I asked my mom because I'm like, I know she likes Sticks. She played one of their songs over and over and over again to the point where I'm like, all right, I've heard this enough. You've got to stop. But yeah, we went. We were like two little teenagers. We had a we had a great night. Yeah, we were out late on a school night. Look at you. A lot of fun. They they did great. I mean, they sounded wonderful. Pitch perfect. It was a lot of fun. Great energy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm so happy for you all. And moreover, I'm happy for all of us. Because we're here together. I am so cozy right now. I have no idea what your topic is. I know it's a weird segue, segue. But I was just thinking, I was like, I just can't wait to, I was like, what are we talking about? Why am like, why are we talking to each other? I know, we're just <laughs> rambling. Uh, but it was good. I liked it. But I'm ready, Megan. I am ready. And I'm willing to hear your story. All right. Well, today I'll be telling you stories that take place in a location that on the daily, assists in healing ailments of all kinds, ushers in new light, and holds thousands of last breaths. Because energy of all kinds permeates the walls of this institution, is it possible some spirits still linger long after their body has left the building? Here are a few haunting tales that take place in hospitals. Or places hospital adjacent, a.k.a. ambulances. I get a little sidetracked, so there might be another place that's not quite a hospital. But yeah, no, that is... I'm, I'm, in, I'm very excited. Okay, so... Oh, before I start, I'm going to go off a little bit again because this is kind of on topic, sort of. But, like, do you remember when Ray and I wanted to go to New Orleans? I, I wanted to go so bad, Megan. And I, <laughs> Megan. So I booked a hotel on Priceline when we went. Yeah, I do that. And it was one of those, like, you pick your price and we'll pick the ho- hotel in that general vicinity and yada, yada. So I did that. And when I received the confirmation of the hotel that we'd be staying at, it turned out to be literally connected to a hospital. When we went to the elevator, entering the doors, go to the elevator, there were signs pointing to the psychiatric wing. I'm talking like the same entrance we took to enter into the hotel. It was also an entrance to the hospital as well. It's wonderful for someone who needs to stay close to their loved ones during the hospital stay. Great. But as for a vacation stay, that's a hard pass. At that point, there wasn't like anything I could do to change it. So we stayed, you know, but I will say it's a risky game booking through name your price because, you know, you don't yeah. know what you're going to get. No, I, mean, I I definitely, when I travel, I research, research, research. I choose 
I, I don't think I would be, I'm not as adventurous to be like, yeah, random roulette of where, where I'm going to stay. I occasionally, they have these things where you can, it's like a blind date with a travel. Have you seen those ones before? No. I mean, you sign up. But it's basically like, it's Priceline, that thing, but almost like a, a safer choice almost. Oh, that sounds nice. It, you tell them like how long you want to go away and then they tell you what to pack. They're like, don't, they send you this thing. They're like, hey, here's the, they basically are like, here's the weather where you're going to be for when you're going to be there. And you find out where you're going when you get to the airport. Oh my God. You've got to send me the info. Okay. So I'm going to get started. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> we're going to start with the man in the corner. No, thank you. Yes. I worked at a small, privately owned nursing home. A lot of the patients had been there a long time. Naturally, I was silly enough to think the night shift for two weeks or take the night shift for two weeks right out of school to cover the night nurse who was ill. This place had these old hallway lights that you had to stick a paper clip in this slot on the wall to turn them on and off. Real safe, right? There was one at each end of the main hallway. I carried the paper clip on my key ring. So there I am one night. I come in at 11, take report, set up supplies, etc. I shut out the lights. The only light from the lamp on my desk and the eerily red exit sign that casts the red, this red wash all over the walls. Anyway, I'm standing at the med cart, stocking med cups, and I feel a whoosh of air. It's winter and no windows are open. I heard a rustling sound and think that it's the resident in room number three, who's restless sometimes at night. His room is about six feet from the med cart. Now, being the brave nurse I am, I decided to check to make sure he's not trying to get out of bed. I go over to his room and find that he's sound asleep. I do a bed check and everyone is sleeping and accounted for. The CNA is in the TV room doing the flow sheets. I continue on with stocking. A little while later, I hear the noise again. And this time, I see a figure out of my peripheral vision pass me into room three. This time, I'm not so brave. I take the CNA in with me, who now thinks I'm nuts. We creep, yeah, we creep into the room and find the patient sitting up in the bed having a conversation with someone who isn't in the room. When I ask him who he's talking to, he tells me the man who was sitting in the chair in the corner. <laughs> Naturally, there's no one in the chair. The aide and I settle him down and leave the room. At report the next morning, I'm telling the nurse about what happened. Before I could say who they put, who they said they were talking to, she said, the man in the chair in the corner? <laughs> Later, I had talked to the usual night nurse who said it happened all the time when she was on. More than <laughs> one patient, more than one patient had seen the same experience. Or had the same experience. I never did get the name of the mysterious man in the corner. In any case, that was the end of my night shift stint. 
is I want like was he a nice man in the corner at least? I don't know, Dana. And I wonder like who he was. Like, did he die in that room? Or like did he like is he huh. well, I wonder if the people who like talked to him Oh my were, god soon like, to die or something. Right. Like, right. I wonder yeah. That is that in itself is very interesting to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Because it seems like he was just talking to him. Mm-hmm. He seemed to be like super scared. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. He did not seem to be scared. And they didn't give the impression that he was. So that that in itself is a very interesting thing. Right. I wonder what they were talking about. I wonder like if they heard any of the actual conversation or if they just heard the one-sided aspects. Yeah. I don't know. But this next story I have comes from the Reader's Digest, of all places. I used to read, we used to get that all the time, and I used to always be in the bathroom, and let me tell you, I would read that thing front to back. Mom and Dad's bathroom, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Same. Okay. The ambulance company that I used to work for had a haunted ambulance. A lot of EMTs had stories about it, but I never put much stock into paranormal stuff. That is, until I had my own experience with Rig. My partner and I were working in a rural community at 3 a.m., and it was pitch dark and completely quiet. We were both dozing. I was in the driver's seat, and she was in the passenger seat. I woke up to a muffled voice, but I thought it was my partner talking. I told her I was trying to sleep, and I closed my eyes. I distinctly heard a male voice say, Oh my God, am I dying? Followed by a few seconds of heavy breathing. My partner and I sat up straight and looked back into the patient compartment where it sounded like the voice had come from. Things were quiet for a couple of seconds. Then we heard the click of an oxygen bottle regulator and a hiss as if it was leaking. I turned on the lights, and we ran out of the rig. I thought a transient might have climbed in while we were asleep, so we opened the rear doors. No one was there. I checked the oxygen bottles. Neither was open. We didn't sleep much after that. Absolutely not. That wasn't sad. Am I dying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, weird. that's creepy. I know the thing that this next one is horrifying. And strangely enough, I found it on an orthopedic surgeon's website next to a few other hospital ghost stories. Also, fun fact, this orthopedic surgeon, he's one of the top 50 spinal surgeons in the U.S. There you there go. You. So this one's called The Eyes That Wouldn't Close. Hate it. Oh, you're going to hate it. Many hospital ghost stories center on patients who just won't make the journey, their journey. Nope. Can I swipe it over? Absolutely. Many hospital ghost stories center on patients who just won't make the journey to the other side. But this is one of the most bone-chilling we've ever heard. Mm, Bone-chilling. Sorry. A nurse working in a palliative care unit, which I think is similar to hospice, but doesn't always mean end-of-life care was performing a typical post-mortem care routine on a patient when she noticed that his eyes hadn't been closed yet. 
the nurse closed his eyes and went back to her business, only to look over and see that his eyes were still open. Fixating on the nurse's face. If that wasn't creepy enough, he then let out a groan and grabbed onto the bed rail as she washed him. After triple checking his pulse and confirming that the patient was indeed dead, she quickly zipped up the bag and did everything she could to avoid his once again open eyes. Megan. Doesn't that scare you? So like, was what? he, was he, act, he, he had to be, he, he was dead though, right? Yes, Dana, he was dead. But how the hellion did you, are you dead, but you're like grabbing? Yeah, I was going to say the groaning makes a little more sense. Right, right. Because that's it's possible. They say the body like releases gases. Right. The eyes you can kind of explain away too. Muscle like, like, like rigor kind of stuff like that. It's the grabbing that gets it, me. The grabbing. Ugh. That scared me so much. All right. So this one is also from the orthopedic surgeon's page. My favorite thing in the whole entire world. <laughs> Love it so much. <laughs> this one's called The Laughing Man. Oh, don't love it anymore. <laughs> yeah, you won't love this one either. Nurse Jay was working with a patient who had many different illnesses, but just couldn't wrap his head around the idea of death, even though it was imminent. Whenever his monitors would beep, he would scream at the nurses, don't let me die, don't let me die. At some point, the patient's cardiac monitor sounded an alarm, causing Nurse Jay and others to come into the room with a crash cart, only to see that the patient was floating two inches above the bed, laughing maniacally. Once they got over the shock of what they <laughs> were seeing, the nurses tried to revive the man, but their efforts were in vain. After the time of death had been called, Nurse Jay and the others could hear the man whispering, you let him die. Too bad. And again, don't let me die. Nightmares haunted the nurses for weeks, as you can imagine. Same. What, Dane? I said same. Yeah. Yeah. So now we have one called The Ghostly Patient. And this one is one that does not take place in a hospital, but a personal care home. Okay. So this person used to work in a personal care home. A couple of times a day or so after a resident had passed, their call bell would go off in their room. No one was in the room when the call bell went off on any of the occasions. We had one resident die pretty traumatically. Nurses had to perform, perform CPR because he was a full code. That night, the midnight staff said they saw him at the end of the hall, just walking down like he always did. Then, the alarm on the door to the outside, it was a secure unit for Alzheimer's dementia, went off. It was the door he always tried when he was looking to get out. Creepy, right? He got out. He did. He left. He said, bye-bye. It's my time to go. Okay, this one also didn't take place in a hospital. I know I always go a little off track. That's totally cool. I love it. 
but it's a there's a nurse in the story, so hospital adjacent. <laughs> this is about an unfriendly child ghost. Unfriendly? Unfriendly. Okay, so here's the thing. I feel with ghosts, I guess in general, and 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 movies and like scary things, children and elderly people are either the cutest or the scariest. There's like no in between. I feel, and I know yeah. that's a big thing, but that's all I got. Yeah, yeah, that's true. My great grandmother was 94 and just started suffering from dementia. She told the home nurses and me that there was a little boy in the corner of the living room who would taunt and tease my great-grandmother while laughing at her, telling her she was going to die. Oh, my God. Well, at first, it was a little disturbing, and we all shrugged it off because of her dementia. But then shit got real. My best friend came over with his little boy, who was about three or four. Oh, God. The little boy, or the little guy, pointed over to the same corner and yelled, I'm going to beat you up. When we asked him what he was talking about, he told us that he saw another little boy in the corner. And he is not nice. We flipped the fuck out. I got shivers just typing this out. Maybe Nana wasn't hallucinating. And I have one more to share with you. This one is, yes, kind of creepy. But I wanted to save it for last because it's also kind of comforting. And I also, like it. I need everyone to believe Nana and anyone else and say a mean person in the corner. Yeah, but believe her. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm an RN, and while I was a student, I was caring for a lady who had end stage renal failure, had a DNR, and was shutting down. We were having a little chat when she stopped, looked over my shoulder and said, Bill's here, love. I've got to go, and swiftly stopped breathing. I read her old notes, and Bill was her deceased husband. Wait, love. Bill's here. i got to go. she got to go. She's got to go be with Bill. He came back for her. Billy. I know. Don't you just love, like, real love? I do. I do. That sounds really, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, I thought I'd end it on a sweet note because some of those were pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. 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 What you got for me, Dana? Okay. I have... This week I have something a little different. I kind of went the Megan route this week. My topic is more of an unexplained phenomenon. It's nothing too scary. It's not scary really at all. But it's really, it's something really strange and odd. Ooh, I like it. So, as sisters, Megan, Mm -hmm. I would say we're fairly close. I mean, same, like, vibes type thing. No, Mm -hmm. same, like, like, wavelength. Because we're we're as different as night is in day in many things. Like, looks, I'm 5'7", you're 5 feet, I have curly black hair, you have pinned straight blonde hair, whatever. And our personalities and aesthetic and vibes are kind of, like, complete opposites but i feel at our core we, we really get each other yeah do you remember when we were told we couldn't play games like taboo together yeah i would say like the color purple and you'd say octopus and we'd win yeah it'll make sense or chumbawamba um, chumbawamba yeah chumbawamba and that's yeah it's like this double chin yeah 
Um, but even that, that can be explained as the closely raised siblings. However, there is something else that's kind of far more unexplainable and that we would not understand because we are four years apart, meaning we are not twins. And therefore, we could not ever experience the phenomena known as twin telepathy. Ooh, I'm so freaking excited about this. But we can experience it, but we can discuss it now. So before we begin, I'm going to give us a little science lesson to set the stage and give you some parameters about twins and the different types of twins. So some fun facts about twins. About one in every 30 babies born in the United States is a twin. One in every what? 30. 30. Okay. And in the world, more twins are born in Central Africa than anywhere else. Like, Interesting. The, yeah, it was this one little, it's like, they, they have, with every 1,000 births, there's 27.9 twins per that thing, which is a 2.8%. Huh. And on the other hand... Asia and Latin America is the lowest, which they only have eight to ten twins, like set of twins born with a thousand birth, which is about 0.8 to only one percent. So it's a big difference. Now, there are different types of twins as well. There is the monozygotic twins, which are identical twins, which means the same. And after it was fertilized, it splits into two. And so they share the same chromosome, so that's why they're identical. And dizotic twins are fraternal, which means two different eggs came at the same time. And so they are completely, they're like siblings, where they share 50% of chromosomes, but they are cared at the same time. So their hair color and eye color, even gender, can be the same or different. And even with those two simple distinctions with twins, there's even more distinction as to what type of twin they are based on how they're carried which is something i didn't really know until like the past past couple of years i mean now i care for a set of twins too but babies it's really interesting to hear this because babies can share the same placenta but they can also be in their own little amniotic sac. oh so there's three different couples combinations they're they're known as momo modi and die die it's a it's like a it's like a teletubby it does so die die twins are dichronic diamniotic which is kind of if twins are fraternal they are die die which means they have their own placenta and their own amniotic sac and then modi is monochroniatic mono, mono and diamonatic, which means they share the same placenta, but they have separate amniotic sacs. And then the rarest of them all, only about 1% to 5% of identical twins are known as momo twins or monochronatic mononeatic which means they share one amniotic sac and one placenta. So they're in like, well, they always say, oh, they were holding hands in there. Odds mm-hmm. are they're not. They're in this different sacs, but 
the Momo twins can actually touch each other. They're actually in the same. Okay. Act. So, if a, if a twin is fraternal, they are die die. Each in a little bubble. Die die twins also account for thirty percent of identical twins as well. So that's how it works with that. Forty percent of twins will have their own language at some point. Stop. Yeah, that's cute. So cute. Which is it's a higher percentage than what I thought would be, but yeah. But beyond the fact of speaking the same language and finishing to their sentences. Some tend to believe that there is something inherently different that twins experience on a psychic level with their own form of telepathy, no matter how far apart they are. So ESP is known as extrasensory perception. And in twins, it is assumed to be more common because they share a closer genetic connection, especially with identical twins. But also fraternal twins have also experienced that mental connection. So telepathy is a process of assessing thoughts and feelings without help from sensory input like sight, sound, or touch. And telepathy is a branch under the whole umbrella that is ESP, which is the ability to acquire information without relying on physical senses or previous experiences. So they're the same, but slightly different. Now, with twins, many have been led to believe that because of all the shared environment pre and post birth and the shared DNA and the chromosomes, especially with identical twins, that they could share so much more when it comes to the thought process. However, thinking is one thing, but feeling the sibling's pain while separated is another thing altogether. So, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself there. Let's get into some of the reported occurrences of twin telepathy. Now, I actually, for researching this episode, I watched an episode of Unsolved Mysteries for one of the things I researched on. And there was an episode all about twins. And there was three twins featured on there. And... I will tell you about the three of them. The first one up we talk about are Donald and Lewis Keith. They are identical twins. They are the perfect little nerdy brothers. It's hysterical. I love them. They founded the Center for the Study of Multiple Birth in the 70s. And even though they lived in separate cities, they think that they have had connections of the sixth sense or twin telepathy with their pain Mm -hmm. so example they shared on the show was that 1987 lewis was in chicago he was at a health club and a gym and he's hysterical he was saying i was trying to do this new fangled movement that they say can help get rid of the colloquial term they use is love handles. How cute is So he's like, I'm doing these like little movements and they show like the reenactment and he's like sitting on a bench in the gym with like a bar behind his neck and like his hands over and doing the twist, like the twist, the side to side twist, like the, like the simple like twisty things, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he's doing that and he says he hurt himself somehow and he has this tremendous pain. So he's in Chicago. 
And then meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., Donald is going down the corridor of his office building. He has a couple things to do. He's like, I'm going to fax some things. When all of a sudden, he has this horrible pain in his groin area mm-hmm. that stayed for a few seconds and went away. He said he's never experienced a pain like that before. And he was so confused about it. And he was like, was it the sixth sense? When you call, he's like, I don't know if it's the sixth sense or it's curiosity. And so he calls his brother. And his brother's secretary says he actually injured himself. And he finds out that his brother hurt himself in the same place at the same exact time. No. Mm-hmm. And when, when he said that, but the groin pain, I was I died laughing because all I could think of was something borrowed the movie. Yeah, she's like, "What did you pull a muscle?" Oh. Like, no, my a muscle. Your vagina? No, somewhere near my vagina. That's all I can think about. Like walking and being like, "Oh, I pulled a muscle in my groin just walking." Right? Like, how much would you be like? Oh, this is the weirdest thing. Yeah. And so the next ones are even, it's a little different too because they have different last names because they were separated at birth, these set of twins. So we have Mark Newman and Gerald Levi or Levy. They were identical twins who were separated at birth in 1954. And they didn't meet or know the, the other's existence for 32 years, which is like my life. Imagine like, oh, you have a twin out there. Wow. Yeah, so that boggles my mind. Now that I think about that. And when they met, they were like, one, it feels like I'm looking in a mirror. Two, they realized that even though they lived apart, they had very similar experiences. They were both firefighters. They both had worked in the lawn care industry and they drink the same type of beers they like. They carry their keys the same way, all these different things. And they said it's so interesting how no matter how far apart they were, they still had those same, those like those quirks and other things like that. Yeah. And the last one from Unsolved Mysteries, the last one is my favorite one. This is about Lavana. And Lavelda, Lavana and Lavelda Roe Richmond, they're identical twins. They were born in 1933, and they think they have an ESP, like very similar to the ones, but they also have, they have the pain, but they have more as well. For example, Lavelda fell on the stairs at school, and when the other people went to tell Lavana, they were taking Lavelda to the hospital. They they found out that Lavana was unconscious. Like she just passed out. Oh my god! Right. And also, they are the type of twins known as identical mirror image twins because their medical history is identical. And in fact, when one of them gets ill, doctors often check on the other one to see if they have the same thing. They had their tonsils taken out together, their breast biopsies at the same time, major surgeries at the same time. And like to go into the mirror aspect, they have the same exact eyesight 
except one of them has a weaker left eye and the other one has a weaker right eye. Huh. And even their cavities are the same tooth of the opposite side. Oh, weird. Spinal surgery. And they say there's apparently people say that with ESP, there's usually a receiver. And that's like Lavana. Like she receives, she receives mm-hmm. stuff from Lavelda. And this so it would be the sender. Now, not only, Megan, let me tell you, they said they've done, they've lived together their entire life. Their entire life because they even married identical twin men. (gasps) What? Yes. Not only that, but when they got married... They got married at the same time at a double ceremony with 60 sets of twins in attendance. 60? Yes. How is that possible? They knew. They knew because they had taken part of studies and stuff like that. So they knew a lot of twins. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. That has to be a record of some sort. Yeah. And apparently they were named co-Miss Iowa City in 1960. They were photographers for the Chicago Daily News. And they worked for the same company when they were older, but they worked in different departments so they could take vacations at the same time. Oh, So, yeah, they love each other so much. Aww. But So here's the thing. Here is the most unique, Example of their psychic bond. Megan, are you ready for this one? Yeah. In 1952, Lavelda was riding in a car with a young guy who had asked her to join him in town for coffee. Well, he turned in the opposite direction of the coffee shop and she knew something was wrong. He was basically trying to take her away to hurt her, hurt her or something. And she's struggling with him. And the car skids off the road. Lavelda is worrying what Lavana's reaction is going to be if she dies. Like, if I die, how's Lavana going to be? At the same time, the same time that all is happening, Lavana's at home working on her schoolwork when all of a sudden she gets this strong message that something was wrong with Lavelda. She said it was like getting a strong vision that she couldn't stop from happening. She's saying she sees her sister being attacked by the man and she's watching as the car is going off the road. No. Telling her father, dad, dad, you have to call the police. Something's happening with Lavelda. And her father's like, what do you mean? She's, you need to call the police. Something's wrong. She's hurt. She's going to get hurt. And he tells her, you're just jealous because this is one of the first times You've ever been separated. You've done things on your separately and that she needed to get used to it. Meanwhile, the car stops just inches from plummeting into a water-filled ravine. Lavelda has hit her head on the dashboard, but she was not seriously hurt. And Lavana's watching this all happen. She sees her hit her head and then she sees a farmer come 
and help tow the car out of the ditch and help Lavana to safety. And Le- I'm sorry, help Lavelda to safety. Very similar names. Right. Lavana says to her father, it's okay now. She's safe. <gasps> and so Lavelda returns home in a little short while. And she's a little shaken up, but not anything bad. Mm-hmm. And her father, he's still skeptical of the whole thing. He says, don't say anything about what you were doing where you were to the, to the one who got in the accident. And he says to the one who saw the accident, he says, Lavana, take us to the place where the accident happened. After a few minutes, she located the crash site. And even though she had never been there before, and her sister said, yeah, this is what happened, and tells him this is what happened. And he already knew that because Lavana told him. Mm-hmm. And the father, who was at first skeptical, is now convinced that her powers are real and that they are always connected. Oh my god, that's amazing. Right? Yes. So oh, I have a magic exists. Magic exists. So I have a few more for you. These came from Reddit, so they're a little bit shorter ones, but I thought they were still really good ones to share. Another twin in high school was out four-wheeling with a friend, and their twin was 50 miles away at the time. They were at work. And the tw- they're so the one in the four-wheeling, they're driving around and they flip the buddy's truck and this is they almost got us killed so being in the middle of nowhere there's no cell service so we have to figure out a plan for to get help and a few hours later we make it back home and into the service area i see i have a missed call from my twin i call him to tell him the crazy story about, about wrecking the truck and he answers in a panic asking if i'm okay and what happened slightly caught off guard i asked what do you mean he said he was working at the exact same time I flipped the truck into the ditch. He was hit with a wave of something going terribly wrong. Oh he knew it involved me, but didn't know what had happened. And after the phone call, I looked at the phone and realized his call came in one minute after I had crashed the truck. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And so, That's crazy, right? So here's a couple ones about the sharing of the pain. So it says, my mom swears the story is true, but because we were really young at the time, I can't remember it. And it says, one of us was going up the stairs and the other was playing in the living room. And my mother was in the doorway of the hallway so she could see both both of us at the same time. One of us fell on the stairs and banged their knee, but was fine. Instant, the twin in the living room who couldn't see the stairs or know anything was happening, suddenly grabbed his knee and started crying. That's crazy. Right? And then someone responds to that, that a similar story, when me and my twin sister were two, she got her finger stuck in a doorway and part of it was ripped out. My parents took her to the hospital while my aunt and uncle watched me at home. Apparently, I was playing calmly and at a certain point, I started shouting crying and shaking my aunt and uncle were so panicked nothing came to calm me down my uncle even had to hold me in his arms because i was shaking hysterically i eventually became calm again as if nothing happened when my parents came home they explained the whole thing to them my parents were in disbelief at the same time i had my crisis 
My sister went in the operation room to get stitches, and my parents and the doctors were shocked. She didn't even flinch or cry or do what a two-year-old normally do, having a finger stitched up without being sedated. She even laughed and sang while waiting in the emergency room. My parents' aunt and uncle still believes that somehow we transferred the pain. That's wild. Mm-hmm. That is so wild. Yeah. Oh, my God. Twins are just amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's a different one now. When I was a kid, I would have seizures in the middle of the night when I was sleeping. On the nights, I would have seizures. My twin sister would wake up and have weird tunnel vision. The room would gradually grow lighter and lighter and lighter, then darker and darker and darker. For her, this was a sign that I was going to have a seizure. She would run to my parents and alert them, giving them the opportunity to be with me during my grandma's seizures and get me to a hospital. Wow. That doesn't prove that twins' brains have a weird connection. I don't know what does. Like, how is her brain being like, oh, something's happening with the other brain over there? Oh, so crazy and cute and sweet and... Right. Yeah. This one's a little bit sadder. It says, I'm a complete scientific skeptic and completely aware there's nothing supernatural about this, but it still felt very odd. And I'm like, oh, nope. This is still very odd and very... I feel this would make me a skeptic. It says, around the time that my twin sister died, I fainted for the first time in my life. I was not aware that she had died. It was an aortic aneurysm. She was 23. I was at work and just fainted. I wasn't sick. I've never fainted before. I just collapsed to the floor with no warning. And I was unconscious for about five seconds. While I was sat being looked at by the first aid worker at work, I got the call that my sister had been taken to the hospital and she had died. So. Right? Mm-hmm. And then this one, it says, identical twins here. When my brother and I were infants, my dad took me to work with him out of state from my house, about 55 miles away. My brother stayed home with my mom. While he was sitting on my mom's lap watching Sesame Street, my brother started grabbing his head and started wailing. My mom couldn't console him and finally decided to call my dad. When he answered, she said, what happened to the other one, to me? Like, I say, like, John grabbed his head and she says, what happened to Jack? Mm. Oh, (laughs) my my God. He fell off the counter and hit his head, but he's okay. How did he know something happened? She said because my brother was holding his head and couldn't stop crying. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nothing like that ever happened again, though. We also have been told we had our own language with each other that that no one understood before we could talk. That's so crazy. Yeah. Do do your twins have No, my twins don't have anything like that yet. I mean, if they did, I'll let you know. If it, Yeah, I have two more for you. And this one reminds me of... What would happen to me, probably, if I was a twin? This is when my twin and I were toddlers. Our parents witnessed us sleep talking. Oh, God. And this reminds me of my twins that I take care of because they sleep in different rooms. At this point, they might go back to the same room, but for a while, they had like one of them had like trouble sleeping, so they didn't want to make the other one have to be awake mm-hmm. in different rooms. And they were seemingly having a back-and-forth conversation with each other. Oh my God, that's scary. 
about having played in the sandbox earlier that day. And years later, we both dreamt about our older sister being in danger. And the next morning, she received calls from both of us making sure that she was okay. She was fine, but, like, they both had it. Wow. And then this one is one of the most famous examples. Was in 1977, Martha Burke said all of a sudden she felt as though she had been cut in two with a sharp, piercing pain in her abdomen. Little did Martha know, though, at the same moment she was telling her par- her coworker that about this pain, her twin sister was aboard an airplane that was crashing halfway across the world. Oh, God. A few hours later, Martha received a phone call from her that her sister had died. So, yeah. That is so crazy. Yeah. So, what do you think, Megan? Do you oh. think that it's like, do you think that twins' brains are a little different? Absolutely. Well, I think that we all have the ability to communicate in the way that they do. But I think that they definitely have a much closer connection because they were created together. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, I agree. I I was going to share an example about a weird like mind reading type thing with me and Abby. This was years ago before we were together as a couple, we were friends for a really long time. And the year prior, we had gone to the science museum during the summertime to the space observatory, and they would put movies on there. You could watch them. We watched Independence Day on the... Oh, cool. So cool. And so that was a year ago. And so we're talking the next year, summertime, randomly... I had looked up earlier that same day what movies they were cho- they were showing. I didn't tell Abby I did this. It was just a whim of mine to do that. We're walking in the basement door, and Abby goes, you know what we should do? And I say, oh, no, there's nothing good playing. I already checked. No. And she said, what are you talking she's you don't know what i'm talking about i'm like you're talking about the movies to the science museum and she looked as pale as a ghost <laughs> like how the fuck did you know that oh my god and i just answered her that's like no there's nothing good playing that's so like, weird i love it but i wonder if it's like you know the same environment or the same like wavelength like our, our brain waves just like synced up that one time perfectly yeah and it's just like with twins Especially identical twins who, like, their egg was split in half. It's like, it's like what makes us, like, work? They're the same thing. Like, I, yeah, they have different fingerprints and stuff like that. But the, the chemicals are somewhat similar. So maybe their brain waves just sync up more often than ours do. Right. So. Yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah. And we'll have to ask the twins that we know. Yeah, we do. We should make a little, like, follow-up next week to be like, well, this is what they've had. Right. You know what, Dana? This made me think of when you started talking about twins. Do you remember when Abuela was pregnant with mom? Yes. So, yeah, our grandmother, who has passed away, she was, like, four foot, what would you say? She's four foot eight, four foot 11, max, maybe. Yeah. Very tiny. Never reached five feet. 
very, very, very small. But when she was pregnant with my mom, she obviously went to multiple doctor's visits for them to check up on her. And every time she went, the doctor said, oh, yeah, the twins are the you're having twins. They're doing fine. Yada, yada, yada. Well, when it was time for her to give birth to these twins, they actually sedated her and they put her out. So she didn't actually even like she wasn't even present mentally for the birth. And I about that part. Yeah. When she awoke, she found just one baby. So to this day, we still wonder could it have been that there were actually twins and they took, took the one? other took the other baby or yeah because you got to realize this was 70 something years ago cuz happy birthday mom it's your birthday today you guys are so they didn't have ultrasounds so they 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 went on the heartbeat and they're like yeah we have a heartbeat here and a heartbeat there they're like it's like two heartbeats two heartbeats two heartbeats two heartbeats they had multiple so, doc- doctors at the same time, yeah, too. And I don't know, do they ever use the word twin or just say the two heartbeats are good? I'll have to ask mom, but it's she... basically the two. I remember seeing the heartbeat, the heartbeat, the heartbeat. And yeah, I forgot that she was put under. Yeah. So there's like no memory of any labor. Mm-hmm. So who knows? There could be another little mommy out there. I know. And we don't know if she's a Momo, a Mimi, or whatever. Yeah. So we don't know if she looks alike or, oh yeah, we don't know if she was a Momo, a Dai Dai, or a Mo Dai. You're right, we don't know that. So, yeah, she could be a he. She could. He could. Yeah. Oh my God, I never thought about that. Yeah, I don't know why. I was like identical mommy twin. I was like, no, it could be an uncle. Oh my God, <laughs> he could look just like her. Oh my God. Uh, and I've done, I've done, so in case anyone asks, I've done the 23andMe and stuff like that. And I've never seen anyone who is related in that aspect yet. So, not yet. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, now that our whole lives are <laughs> called into question, we want to thank you all for listening to us again. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We enjoyed being here with you. And until next week, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Scary Sisters Pod. Shoot us an email if you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions at scarysisterspod at gmail.com. And if you have any stories that you want to share or want to be shared, please feel free to let us know. We'd love to share it with, with everyone. We're getting some ideas together for sharing is caring episode. And until then, we hope you stay safe and you stay spooky. Love you. Bye.